world religion forming now, precursors to the mark of the beast. How close did we come to an Israeli-Palestinian peace deal in 2008? And much more in the news today. We will discuss these events and more while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins and with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I will be taking your calls today, 1-877-363-8463. Number to reach the operators here, 1-800-363-8463. Now, there's so much going on in the news today. I thought, man, there, there's, I, I need five programs to get through it all. But I wanted to bring up a few things to you just as an opening dialogue. And one of the main ones was a, let me see if I can find it here. You understand that the Bible prophesies a peace agreement that will be signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians seven years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I understand I get emails from everywhere People saying, oh, no, we're going to be gone before all this happens. That's going to happen during, you know, we're, the church is going to be gone. And, and uh, you know, so we're not even really worried about that. Well, you probably should take a second look at that because that's why it's important to understand that the, the rapture occurs after the Great Tribulation, not before. And the final, the, the, the final seven years, referred to by most prophecy teachers, as Daniel's 70th week, because that's what it is. That's, that's not the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation only lasts the final three and one half years of that. So there's timelines. There's all kinds of things to figure out when you're trying to um, study the prophecies of the Bible. But this peace agreement, Daniel 9, 27, the Bible says the Antichrist, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for a final seven-year period. And I know we're getting lots of new listeners all the time. We're going on new stations and doing different things. So I will be covering the peace agreement and everything that's going on in in future programs. However, because of this prophecy of the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, not the Abraham Accords. The Abraham Accords could lead to this peace agreement. But the peace agreement in the Middle East between the Israelis and the Palestinians that has the the five or six characteristics of the prophesied peace agreement that will start that final seven-year period, a lot of things will be set in motion once that peace agreement is signed. Because of everything going on in the, the, from a prophetic perspective, with the West Bank, Jesus referred to it as the people in Judea. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur which will be halfway through that final seven-year period, let them which be in Judea flee. For then would be great tribulation such as never was before, nor will ever be again. That's in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 21. 
So we know that it's a New Testament prophecy. Somebody is going to have to warn those Jews in Judea or modern day, the modern day West Bank to flee that area. When the final seven years hits, I will come on the radio. Originally, it was going to be Irvin Baxter. We had all talked about it. I said, hey, I don't want to go on the radio with that. You go and then I'll follow your lead. Well, now it's going to be me coming on the radio and saying, hey, the final seven years has just begun. They signed the peace agreement. The final, the five characteristics are included in that. Here we go. We're not there yet. We're just prior to that. So we watch this situation just like a hawk because we know it's, it's a, 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 um, a time clock that the Bible sets. It's a timing uh, that the Bible sets that says, hey, there's going to be seven years. We're not setting the date. The Bible will. And we can know that, hey, it's going to be about seven years till this thing wraps up. So the question is, back in 2008, there have been many efforts towards a peace agreement in the Middle East. And you understand that Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, back in 2008, and Mahmoud Abbas, which was the leader of the, uh, the Palestinian Authority back then as well, he still is, might be on his way out the door when, if they ever have new elections, but at this point, he's still uh, in there. And how close did they come to signing a peace deal back in 2008. Well, it was very, very close. There is an article today in the Times of Israel where Ehud Olmert said that Mahmoud Abbas never said no back in 2008 to a peace deal. Now, this might shock many because a lot of people said, no, he's just staunchly against it. But In the article today, the Palestinian Authority, President Mahmoud Abbas, and I'm quoting from the article, was privately in favor of the unprecedented peace deal that he talked about, um, that he walked away from in 2008. And this was said by Ehud Olmert, the Prime Minister of Israel at that point. Ehud Olmert said that it was obvious that he was entirely for it. Now, can you imagine, obviously, if they would have signed the deal and it had those five characteristics to the prophesied peace deal, we would be beyond the Battle of Armageddon at this point. And so it's, it, I, I wanted you to take a, a, a look at this because Ehud Omer said that I think when someone will talk to Ehud, uh, Mahmoud Abbas privately, eye to eye behind closed doors, he says that he regrets that he didn't sign the deal Back in 2008, he understands now that it could have been a big change for their lives. And in 2015, Mahmoud Abbas said that he rejected the offer from Ehud Olmert, which included placing Jerusalem's old city under international control. It's very important when you understand the five characteristics of the prophesied peace agreement that starts the final seven years that... um, Ehud, uh, Mahmoud Abbas said that he, re- he rejected the offer because he was not allowed to study the map. They had drawn a map up of how they would divide Jerusalem and different things. And Ehud Omer was offering him part of the city of Jerusalem, the Palestinians. And, but they didn't let him see the map. And he said, hey, I walked away because they wouldn't let me see the map. He did, he, the, Ehud Omer just said, he didn't tell me I, uh, that, or I didn't, I never said no to the peace agreement at that point. They just wouldn't let me see the map. So I thought, well, if you're not going to let me see the map, 
then we can't come to an agreement here. And Omer said that he had offered a near total withdrawal from the West Bank. Now think about this. Almost, I mean, well, according to Netanyahu and many others, it would be totally indefensible borders. Going back to 67 borders where it would have left Israel nine miles wide at the waist. And so, but he offered him almost a control of, um, almost a near total withdrawal from the West Bank and proposing that Israel only retain 6.3% of the territory in order to keep control of major Jewish settlements. So almost a complete withdrawal from the modern-day West Bank. Think about that. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1. Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Welcome back, everybody. And, and I am taking your calls again, one 363 8463 to join me on the air. Number to reach the operators, 1-800-363-8463. And I will mention that if you are watching on social networking, Facebook, YouTube, and different things, if you have a question, I'll take those questions as well. I can answer them. We won't get to talk to each other, but I can answer those questions or do my best to. Uh, so if you'll put it on there, then Sherry uh, will put it up on the screen and I'll try to answer your question as well. It's a good time to get your question answered because um, this is very interactive. So uh, I have to announce this coming weekend, tomorrow night actually, I will be in um, Flint, Michigan at the South Flint Tabernacle, G3540 South Saginaw Street. In, it's actually in Burton, Michigan. The name of the church is South Flint Tabernacle. It's kind of always flown, thrown me off. 
Flint, Michigan, but it's, it's the South Flint Tabernacle, but it's actually in Burton, Michigan. And Saturday, tomorrow night, uh, June 26th at 6 p.m., I'll be teaching the huge timeline that we put together, the future according to Bible prophecy. You do not want to miss that if you're anywhere in the area. And then Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll be giving you some breaking prophetic fulfillments, and then we'll do a time of Q&A. And I'll, I'll allot, you know, uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes for some Q&A right there at the end. And it's always a very popular segment, and we'll take questions from the crowd. And so look forward to joining you in uh, Burton, Michigan tomorrow night. All the information is on our website, uh, endtime.com. Go to the events and then conferences. All the information's right there that you need to get to the uh, facility. Should be a great time. Looking forward to it. So I have a question. Um, look, before I get to, to James's question uh, on uh, the pre-tribulation rapture, which is always... Uh, I mean, the, the pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, um, the, the, some people would call it a debate. I call it a discussion. Um, it just seems to get, uh, it gets the ball rolling in a lot of av- down a lot of avenues because um, a lot of people want to get out of here prior to the, to the Great Tribulation. I understand that. Um, I'm not necessarily just gung-ho about going through the Great Tribulation. I mean, who would be? However, it is a truth that's in the Bible. And so I I will get to James' question. This comes in on Facebook. So thank you, James. Uh, Great question. And we'll get to that in just a moment. However, let me go through a little bit more of this uh, with the uh, Ehud Olmert and Mahmoud Abbas because... You realize we come very close to a Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement back in 2008. And you say, well, what's the relevance of that today? Because there are people that are willing. Mahmoud Abbas is still the leader of the PA. Now, Israel, you can see here that Omer was giving, uh, the concessions were unbelievable. I mean, he was willing to just pretty much almost give away the farm here. Not everything, but I mean withdrawing to, from the majority of the West Bank. You understand the situation in Israel today. For them to withdraw from everything they took in 1967, the Six Days War, leaving them with indefensible borders, Ehud Olmert was willing to do that? And so it says that, he, this is in the uh, Israel, um, or the Times of Israel today, it says that he was proposing that Israel would retain only six of the territory uh, just for major Jewish settlements. He was going to give give them back to a Palestinian state. And he offered to compensate the Palestinians with Israel land equivalent to 5.8% of the West Bank along with the link to the Gaza Strip and which is obviously, you know, it's another territory meant for the uh, that many people mean for the uh, an upcoming Palestinian state. And then he was also prepared to divide Jerusalem in two, into an Israeli-Palestinian-controlled cities and to relinquish Israeli sovereignty over the Temple Mount and the entire old city. Now, can you imagine? I, that's more than the Bible says is going to happen in the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. So Ehud, Ehud Omer was willing to give all kinds of concessions back in 2008. 
And Mahmoud Abbas, he said, the only reason I walked away from that is because they wouldn't let me see the map, how they were going to divide everything. And, I mean, this was, this was alarming. I, when I read this today, of course, I knew about it. <clears throat> Wasn't really following it like obviously Irvin Baxter was back in 2008 because I really didn't come on the scene and really start studying this till uh, 2010, 2011, right in there. When we, when we went on television and that's where Irvin Baxter really started trying to suck me into this and say, hey, I, you know, I'm going to need some help and I need you to help me. So, but Ir, I, I had heard Irvin Baxter talk about this many times, all the different peace initiatives, the Y River Accords, the Oslo Peace Accords, all the different ones. But Ehud Omer, it was like, wow, he's really going to give the, a, a lot up to them. Abbas said in 2015, he supported the idea of the territorial land swaps, but Omer had pressed him on agreeing to the plan without allowing him to study the map. He's saying that's the only reason he walked away. Can you imagine if they would have signed the agreement back then? Wow. And there was a, a, a um, conversation that Omer emphasized that Abbas never said no. Not only did he not say no, but the whole rumor about him rejecting it flatly, Ehud Omer said is totally untrue. That he continued and at at every possible occasion from then on until today, President Abbas emphasized and he relays to Ehud Omer as well that he never said no to that plan. Well, why would he? I mean, Ehud Omer was just giving him almost everything that they wanted. And, but I don't know why he wouldn't let him see the map. I'll have to do some research on that. Also, <clears throat> he said what he actually said to me was that the plan sounds very impressive. It sounds very serious. He was excited, very open-minded to take um, the option of making this agreement. But he said, you know, I'm not an expert on maps. How can I sign something before I show it to the experts on um, our side to examine it? Well, that never happened and a peace deal never got signed. But you understand the, the dynamics of the situation here. If they would have signed an agreement in 2008, now what would that be uh, 13 years ago? If it, would have, if it would have been the one with the, with the characteristics of the final peace deal, that would have started the final seven years. And we would be way off. We would be past the Battle of Armageddon into the 1,000-year millennial reign at this point, 13 years later. You understand? And so it's very important that we look at these things because there's going to come a time in the Middle East. Now, I've got a, <clears throat> an article here <clears throat> on, uh, from Israel Hayam about kind of an update on what's going on right now with the current Biden administration and the new Israeli government, Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid, and kind of their position on the, an Israeli-Palestinian conflict moving forward. Because from a prophetic perspective, we want to know, hey, when's this peace agreement going to get signed? And is, will the new government, are they willing, are they leaning towards that? The article from Israel Hayam, and then I'll get to the calls here, is that it says that um, Naftali Bennett is to the right of Netanyahu on the settlements. He wants to retain the settlements. He wants to protect the settlements. He does not want a two-state solution, not leaning towards that at all. But you understand he's in kind of a sharing arrangement with Yair Lapid, who is much more liberal 
am willing possibly to negotiate on things that Naphtali Bennett is just drawing a line in the sand on and said no. So will the international community and the Biden administration pressure him into a two-state solution type situation? Will they possibly wait on Yair Lapid when he comes into power in what, two, two and a half years down the road? Don't know at this point. The article says that they are, Yair Lapid will be much more lenient, that they're talking about things. A President Biden and his administration is already funneling money to the Palestinian Authority. And since the first of the year, or since he took office in just four months, it's been about $300 million to the Palestinian Authority, which much of that Donald Trump had cut off because they were giving some of the money, much of the money to terrorists and, and people who were um, not terrorists, but um, people who had been martyred. They were giving it to their families. It was called pay for slay and things like that. I mean, a horrible type situation. They were giving a lot of money to them. Well, Donald Trump saw that and he said, nah, we're not going to do that. And he stopped it. Well, the Biden administration has given a lot of that money to them. $300 million to the Palestinian Authority since he came into office. So there's a huge dynamic here. And Joe Biden and his administration is 100% um, they advocate for a two-state solution, which is part of the peace agreement that will be signed, the prophesied peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis that starts the final seven years. <clears throat> so there's a huge dynamic here that's going on, um, and we're watching this very closely. I've got a lot of information and things here on the Israeli-Palestinian government, but <clears throat> or the Israeli government and the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. However... It is too soon to know. I mean, they've only been in office for what? Maybe a little, a week and a half, two weeks. That's it. So it's too soon to really know what they're going to do because the um, meeting or the government is so diversified. There's like eight different parties. Some of them are way right. Some of them are way left. There are centrist. There's an Arab faction. And the guy's name is actually Mansour Abbas. No relation, supposedly, to Mahmoud Abbas. But he's still saying, hey, no, we're not going to do anything that goes against my religion and, you know, the Palestinians. And I mean, imagine having a government like that. So it's really too soon to know which direction. Maybe after um, Naftali Bennett goes out of office then uh, or transfers a premiership uh, to... Um, the prime ministership to Yair Lapid, maybe they'll get something done. At this point, I cannot tell you. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on, and there's simply no answer for that right now. It's too early. But with that said, and I've got a lot more information here, but I want to go to um, some of the people online here. I want to answer a question. James had a uh, question, and then, and then I know, Don, you're on the line here, so I won't take too long with this. But James had a question, why do some churches believe in a pre-tribulation rapture? It is today, James, it is a traditional teaching. I have a friend of mine who years ago, when we were still in Indiana, Irvin Baxter pastored a church up there for 33 years. I was raised in his church. A friend of ours who pastors a huge church 
out in California, came and held a revival for Irvin Baxter. He was a young guy at that point. This had been 25, 30 years ago. Irvin Baxter talked to him about uh, the timing of the end time, the timeline and everything. And he was convinced, this gentleman was, that he was an evangelist at that point. He was convinced that there was a post-tribulation rapture. He went back home. His mom and dad got a hold of him and said, hey, he taught you wrong. There's actually a pre-tribulation rapture. And he wrote a book, about an 80-page book on a pre-tribulation rapture. Most of the book is just is is a um, it's a traditional type thing. It said, "Hey, my grandpa taught pre-trib rapture, my dad taught pre-trib, and so therefore I teach a pre-trib." There were hardly in this eighty-page book. There were hardly any scriptures in there. There's the the one that says, "Well, hey, we're not appointed under the wrath of God." Totally agree with that. But that's not a pre-trib scripture. The wrath of God is not the great tribulation. So there was only a few scriptures in there. It was all traditional. So it's also so it's a traditional teaching in most churches. Most pastors really don't understand, and, and that's fine. It's not a salvation issue. Um, it, I would never quit going to a church because the pastor believes in a pre-trib. That don't, no, don't do that. My father-in-law passed away pre-trib, right? I mean, it's, there's, it's not a salvation issue one way or the other. It's something that I, we believe that you should understand, but it's not a salvation issue. So I wouldn't make it a huge big deal, but it is a traditional teaching and it's kind of a feel good. Hey, you know, we're not going to have to go through the tribulation. We're all going to be caught out of here before then. So it's a feel good type thing. Whereas the Bible says, Hey, you know, uh, Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, moon shall not give light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then are you going to see the sign of the Son of Man coming in heaven? He's going to send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather the elect and we'll go to meet him in the air. That's Matthew 24, 29 through 31. When does verse 29 say it was going to happen? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. There are a plethora of other verses that teach a in it that teach a post trib, but that's why James that most of the churches that I've talked to and that we've had great conversations and things with is that it's a, it's a traditional teaching. They've always they, they've just been they may have been taught this in a college or a, or a, 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 some kind of a Bible college or something at some point. That's what they were taught, so that's what they teach. And so um, it's not a salvation issue. I wouldn't get uh, all bent out of shape over it. And I I wouldn't quit a church uh, to a pastor that believes in a pre-trib rapture. I mean, I'd have a conversation with him and then move on amicably. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, 
you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Well, welcome back, everybody. And uh, I've got, uh, uh, wow, a full bank of callers here, so I'm going to get to them as quick as possible. Let's go to Don in Colorado. God bless Don. Welcome to End of the Age. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing tremendous. How are you, sir? Okay, I'm good. You, you guys are doing just a wonderful job. I just want you to know that. But I have a question, and I didn't know if it had anything to do with end-time prophecy or anything. Mm-hmm. But I noticed lately, uh, and it started actually from Obama, who started this, but there's been UFOs, confirmed UFOs, and, and um, that they actually supposed to release from the Pentagon uh, later this month about um, UFOs. Now, could this have something to do with end-time prophecy of line wonders of the end times um, and all that? That's, that's that prophecy to come or that last war that's going to become because there's either it's either russia or like ufos so i don't know if it's technology from russia or like literally like alien but it's one of the two and they supposed to release it later on this month yeah so do ufos have anything to do with bible prophecy i don't see that in there don and do i believe in ufos I've never seen one, and but there's a lot of things I haven't seen that I believe in. So, <clears throat> um, do I believe in UFOs? Not, not sure I do. Uh, could they be out there? It's possible, but for somebody to unleash UFOs, I don't know about that, Don. I mean, I would want to do some more research on that one. Do they have anything to do with end-time Bible prophecy? What I study... And what we teach is what we know. And I know the prophecies of the Bible, and uh, unless they're not revealed, the seven thunders. I don't know what the seven thunders are in the book of Revelation, right. things like that. So the things we do know, we teach. The things I don't know, I stay away from until I can validate and document. So when you ask me about UFOs, do they have anything to do with Bible prophecy? I don't see that in Scripture, um, and so it's, it's something I don't know about. And so I, I, you know, I, I've got to tell you, I, I simply don't know. Again, if UFOs start showing up, Hey, <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to, uh, you know, maybe uh, like the lady that does the, uh, Washington DC thing, I'll have to circle back to that. Um, the, the house, uh, the, um, press secretary, I have to circle back 
because at this point, I don't know about UFOs. Um, I'm not so sure I even believe in UFOs at this point, unless they're somewhere out there. I mean, there are people that say they've seen them and all this stuff. But um, at this point, as far as Bible prophecy goes, Don, I'm going to stick to things that I know, I can prove, I can validate. And uh, that way, you know, I'm just trying to hear to try to help people and things that are way out there in space and this stuff. I don't know about that kind of stuff. I'm going to stick to things I know. No, yeah. Did, did that answer your question, sir? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I lo- lo- seems like I've lost you, Don. Sorry about that. The... Um, you asked something about the, the starting the, the next war or something like that. World War III is going to be started in the Middle East region, probably from a geopolitical situation. Uh, I don't think it's because there are going to be UFOs and things flying around there. I mean, at this point, to me, a drone in the sky, a big drone in the sky could appear as a UFO. Maybe people have seen some of them. Again, it's something that I can't document. I can't sink my fingers into um, you know, to try to document that. So I kind of stay away from it until I can document things. I mean, because, you know, there's so much speculation there. And um, I, I, I'm sorry. I wish I could give you more of a, a, a conclusive answer. But I asked Irvin Baxter one time, do you believe in UFOs? And he said, you know, I've never seen one. That was my answer I got. <laughs> and I said, okay. Uh, because I've wondered the same things you did. I mean, I'm trying to figure things out. I wanted to know. And he said, you know, they may be out there somewhere, but, uh, you know, whether they're here on earth or come visit us and all that, we simply don't know. So I try to teach things that we know, and uh, we've never went wrong doing that. So thank you for the call, Don. Let's go to uh, Frank in New York. God bless, Frank. Welcome to End of the Age. Yeah, my... my uh I'm a JPC student, been listening for a long time. Yes. And, uh, uh, based on uh, a couple of strip- scriptures, I believe God's will for us during the tribulation is to be strong and do exploits, spiritual exploits, and uh, and lead many to righteousness. Yes. Uh, now, I, I wanted to go to um, Matthew 24, 12, uh, and Mark. Thirteen, twelve. Uh, many will fall away, betray one another, hate one another. False prophets will arise. Many will be misled. Lawlessness is increased. People's love will grow cold. You said that that's that word love there is agape. So they must be talking about Christians. Nobody else has agape except for Christians. Uh, Mark thirteen, twelve. Brother will betray brother to death. A father is child, and the children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. Now. You know, if if these are Christians that we're talking about, um, I, I, I I've been teaching on this, and and I was asking the Lord for a way to wrap up this one teaching I was doing, and immediately God gave me this answer. I wanted to know what you thought about it. That um, you know, a brother will hate brother, uh, many will be delivered up, etc. Uh, are these Christians that believe? that they were supposed to be raptured before all heck breaks loose. Uh, and, and they didn't get raptured, and now they're doubting their faith, they're doubting God's word, and they begin to fall away. And, and I guess this is my warning to the church, that we need to be 
uh, here, uh, we need to be prepared to go through the rapture. I mean, to go through the tribulation, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how you felt about that. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. He's talking about the end time here. And he says in, in verse 11, Matthew 24, 11, he said, And many false, false prophets shall arise, shall deceive many. And because the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. I don't know if that is specifically just talking to Christians. It's going to be people on the earth. And it, if you go back to Matthew 13, it's talking about, you know, brother is going to betray brother. There are going to be people that are so caught up in their pledge allegiance and their worship to the Antichrist in this world governing system. And we're seeing that happening right now, that anybody that is a dissenter against that or a, some kind of a denier that they will, the Bible says that there will be people. I mean, Gorbachev in his book, Perestroika, actually said we should kill those people off. And so that's kind of where we're at here in this scenario is that right there in the end time, it's going to get so bad that there's going to be a complete divide. There's going to be the people that are for the Antichrist and the world governing system that will have bought into that lock, stock and barrel. And there will be other people that Christians that say, no, we can't do that. And there are actually going to be such a divide that there's going to be families that are divided right down the middle. And people say, hey, well, hey, he's a dissenter. They're going to be people turning in other people, and it's going to be a, a horrible situation. Um, so that's what I believe these scriptures are referring to, because the Bible says right after in Matthew twenty four thirteen, but that he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So it's it's ta- it's leading up to and or precursors to the great tribulation. It's going to be societal conditionings to a time when there's going to be a complete separation. And that's what's going to happen at the rapture. At the time of the rapture, there's going to be a, com- a complete separation. You're going to be either be going to be an all-in Christian or you're going to be for the Antichrist. The Bible says everyone will worship him whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So that's what I believe it's referring to there, um, Frank, is just that complete separation there, even to the point where families would be divided right down the middle over this. Hey, am I going to serve the one true God? Or am I going to serve the Antichrist and his one world governing system? That's what I believe Jesus is talking to here. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and I agree with that. And I read that that time many will fall away. But you can't fall away if you're not a Christian to begin with. Yeah, so that is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. Yeah. And and, and I, my, I guess my concern, if you are expecting to be raptured and you've you, now you're going through the tribulation and you haven't been raptured what is going to happen to your and and um, yeah I, I think we need to be prepared for that yeah I totally agree with you we believe Frank that the the Bible talks many times about a great end time revival I believe Irvin Baxter believed that when the when these when we start the final seven years and these major prophecies start clicking off, I mean, imagine when the third temple was built. Everybody that believed in a pre-tribulation rapture, it's going to be the argument's going to be over at that point. They're going to realize, you know what, we're going to be here. The third temple's being rebuilt. We're in the final seven years. The Bible says during that time we're going to have great revival. They that do know their God during the time of the Antichrist, when it's really hot and heavy, they that do know their God shall be strong into exploits. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. 
Revelation chapter 7, the Bible says that John turned and saw a multitude no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. And the elder looked at him and said, John, who are these people? They're standing before God in heaven. And John said, I don't know. And the elder said, these are they that came out of great tribulation. So it's going to be the greatest time of revival the world's ever known. During the time of great tribulation. So we believed, uh, Frank, that the, the, the true church of Jesus Christ will be in total evangelism mode at that point, And that the great falling away that is discussed is has already happened. That was during the dark ages. And that right now we're in the age of enlightenment and the church is expanding in the earth. It's not, it's not, um, the the, the dark ages are not happening in the future. People aren't falling away. Will there be some that go away? Man, I sure hope not. But I know that the Bible does prophesy a great time of revival in the future. And, and that's what we preach and teach. And that's what we believe, Frank. Yes, sir. Okay, brother. All right. Well, I, I do thank you for the call, Frank. I want to say God bless you. I got a full bank of callers here I'm going to try to get to. Uh, you have a great weekend. Let's go to Dan in Michigan. God bless, Dan. Welcome to End of the Age. Thank you, Dave, for taking my call today. Yes, sir. And uh, thank you for picking up the ball and carrying on for your father-in-law there. You're doing a great job. Thank you. All the, all the glory and honor goes to Jesus Christ because he's helping us every step of the way, my friend. Absolutely. Yes. Hey, my my question today is, and I'm sorry that I have not been able to keep up with the program regularly due to work, but yes. my question is, what has become of the red heifer? Uh, haven't heard anything for some time. Yes, sir. So I just posted a an update, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago on my Facebook page that I got from the Temple Institute. And they ha- they are working, the Temple Institute is working with a rancher in Israel. The whole thing is set up to create the perfect red heifer with no white hairs, no black hairs. Every one on its body has to be red. Well, and it has to be a certain shade of red. Well, so they, they go out periodically and check all the time these red heifers. At this point, they thought they had a couple of them that would be kosher, but they developed some hairs on their body. And I mean, they do a full inspection. They develop some hairs on their body that were some of them were off color. And so it rendered it so it wasn't kosher. They couldn't use it. And so they're looking everywhere. They're hoping that those hairs will turn to the full full on red. Uh, Dan, just hang with me here through the break because I don't want to cut you sure, off because this is very important. Um, so I want to remind everybody here to go tomorrow night we'll be up in Burton, Michigan at the South Flint Tabernacle. And you can join me up there tomorrow night, Sunday morning. It's going to be a great conference. And go to endtime.com for all the information. Go into the events tab and the conferences. I look forward to seeing you guys in Michigan. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link 
between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Okay, Dan, so that is the, that's the update from the Temple Institute about their ranch in Israel. However, just recently there was a gentleman in just a couple hours outside of Dallas here. And he contacted some rabbis in Israel and said, hey, I've got five absolute red heifers on my ranch. So they flew here just a couple hours from our end time headquarters. They flew here, went out and checked those red heifers over. I mean, it's like a complete inspection. And he, the red heifers actually had a few hairs, just a few that were, some of them were red, some of them were white, and they were disqualified for being the red heifer. So at this point, the Temple Institute, they're working to get a red heifer to breed and just that that's what they're doing. But the ones that they thought were ready developed some hairs that would disqualify the red heifers that they have. So that's where we're at, uh, Dan. They're hoping that they will uh, the, either those hairs will change color or that they will drop out or something. And it, it, the thing about the red heifer, Dan, is that I've told people this for years. If they, if it comes time where the peace agreement is signed, as a result of the peace agreement, they're allowed to build their third temple. I promise you, Israel will come up with a red heifer. I don't care if they have to pull white hairs out of a red heifer. If they have to spray paint the thing, they will get a red heifer. If that temple starts to be rebuilt, Israel's going to get a red heifer, period. And so, uh, but that's the latest update that I have uh, for you from the Temple Institute, which is the, the leading entity on the planet for rebuilding the third temple and re-implementing, uh, reinstituting the uh, sacrifices. Something tells me that little creature is walking around someplace right now. I wouldn't doubt it a bit. Yes. Well, thank you so much for answering the question today. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Dan. I do thank you for the call. God bless you, sir. Let's go to uh, Jeff right here in Texas. God bless, Jeff. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. How are you doing today? I am doing tremendous. How are you? Great. I'm blessed. Hey, I just want to say uh, hats off to you also, you and the whole team there that you know, since Urban passed, y'all y'all are doing a tremendous, tremendous job. Thank you, I, sir. I uh, created a little uh, television studio one time about 2008, 2009, and I didn't have anybody to play on that thing. And Urban, I met him by phone, called him up, and he sent me all of your material, and I played it on my little channel out there in Greenville, Texas. Greenville, time. yeah. I mean, never, never, never got a chance to meet him, but just talked to him a few times on the phone. But anyway, and, and if I can, can I give a plug? If anybody out there, man, if y'all want to get into some really good material, the uh, JPC stuff, I just signed up for that the other day. And, man, that is so rich. And the videos that y'all have and the thing that Urban did with the Revelation thing, man, that, those are fantastic. Man, they're so full of, of information. Yes, sir. So anyway, my question is, and I'll get to it. Um, you can give all those <laughs> plugs you want, Jeff. <laughs> you, That's not a problem, well, man. Uh, well, hey, uh, my question in studying all this, uh, you talk a lot about, and on the videos that Urban teaches, 
the uh, wings of the eagle when they're, uh, Israel flies, you know, in the, in the end times when they're yes. going into America. Yes, sir. Do you think that the people in America, even though we're in America, we're in America and we are uh, helping Israel, do you think that our system will be connected to the one world system where we can't buy or sell either? Or do you think we'll be protected in that? What's your thoughts on it? And I'll yeah. leave you alone. So God it, bless you, brother. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jeff, very much. So it appears because we're not mentioned in the world governing body in the end time. Daniel chapter 7, he saw four beasts, lion with eagle's wings, bear, um, four-headed leopard, ten-horned beast. Those represented nations. All of those nations are represented in the combo beast that's federalized in a one-world governing body, Revelation chapter 13. If the United States is not mentioned there, we will be, jump back one chapter, Revelation 12, 14. The Bible says Israel is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place for time, times, half a time. We are, um, yeah, so Jeff, if you're there, I'm going to let you go because i got a lot of background noise, but I'm going to continue to answer your question. And I do thank you for the call and I apologize, but i got a lot of stuff coming across the air, so I'm going to have to let you go. The, um, so we jump back one chapter. We are depicted as not being in the world governing body, but we are standing with Israel and protecting her all the way to the end. So because of that, you say, well, how is that possible? Can we still be part of the world government and protect Israel? Yes, we can. Um, because we have used, and I've got an article, my editorial in the next magazine, End Time Magazine coming up for July, August, shows how we have used our UN Security Council veto power to protect Israel against the United Nations resolutions many times, 40 plus times since 1972. Whether it's a Republican or a Democratic president, we've still done that. We stayed with Israel. Even the Obama administration has done that. Even the, the Biden administration has done that since he's been in office during this recent conflict with Hamas, Israel and Hamas. So we can, up until a point, we will we, we'll stay with uh, the world government all the way with Israel, all the way to the end to protect her. However, there will come a time, it appears, that we will, the Antichrist is going to, man, to demand absolute obeisance, absolute a pledge of allegiance from everybody on the planet. If the United States doesn't want to be a part, then they may kick us out at some point. I don't know. Let me give you a scenario. Because the Bible says that we will go, we will protect Israel all the way through the final seven year period. Or the, it says the final three and a half. We know that we will be there all the way through, but it does not tell. A lot of people have said, well, hey, if the United States is protecting Israel, how do all the nations of the world come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon? What happens to the United States at that point? I cannot answer that question. Nobody I've ever talked to could answer that question. Where, what happens to the United States? We protected Israel all the way through the Great Tribulation and everything. It's very specific. Revelation twelve fourteen. But how is the world's armies allowed to come down against Israel to battle? Have we... Um, what, what's happened to the United States? I cannot answer that. Uh, I wish I could. Um, have we said, has the international community, uh, the world government become so powerful that they have, um, 
rendered us, you know, a non-factor on the world stage? I mean, at this point, I cannot answer that. I've asked, me and uh, Irvin Baxter have many conversations over that. The Bible's very clear we will stand with Israel to that point. But at the point of the Battle of Armageddon, I do not know what happens to the United States. It doesn't say whether we will be fighting with her against the world governing armies or we will have backed off and said you're on your own. I hope that's not the case. I don't see the United States ever doing that. But, so that's, that's one thing that we do not know, okay? Number two, will the mark of the beast, things like that, ever be fully implemented here in the United States? It's our opinion that it will not because we're not fully in compliance with the world governing army. We do not believe it will come the, become the law of the land that people will get chips in their hands or invisible tattoos or whatever and that we will be forced to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his one world governing system here in the United States. And because of these scriptures, but if you look at what's going on right now, there are many states that have laws on the books right now where a, an, a, an employer cannot force an employee to take a chip in their hand. And so if there's laws like that on the books now, imagine if the United Nations or a world governing leader come in to the United States and said, hey, you've got to number all your people and I'm going to use that number to economically sanction them to get them to bow down to my edicts, pledge allegiance to me here in the United States. I don't see that ever happening in the United States. That's why it's imperative that we do not want a president who is a globalist to run the United States. We don't want anybody. We want somebody who will stand against the world government, pull us out of that, and we stand with Israel all the way to the end. Joe Biden is a globalist. President Obama was a globalist. The Bushes were globalist. Bill Clinton was a globalist. They were liberal internationalists. They believed in a world government. Some of them were very hesitant, but they still were they believers in world government. Donald Trump diametrically opposed to a world government. And I've read articles that said, hey, the United States is kind of separating right now. When they talk about blue states and red states, the governors are becoming small presidents. They're defending their state against the, the current administration. Look at uh, a, a perfect example of this is DeSantis in Florida, protecting the state of Florida against the president of the United States and his administration's edicts. Uh, one of the main things, he's protecting his girls, females in, in female sports, track teams, wrestling teams, uh, basketball teams. He's saying, hey, there are no transgenders going to participate. Uh, a transgender, a, a man that thinks he's a woman, going to participate in girls sports. He's, he is signing laws and things that say, no, we're going to protect our girls. In the United States of America in 2021, folks, from the president of the United States who wants to allow men to participate in women's sports and go into their locker rooms with them, go into their bathrooms with them. I mean, come on. What, where have we, this sounds, this is total debauchery. But yet that's where we're at here in 2021. Well, there are governments of st- there are governors of states that have said, no, that's not going to happen in my state. 
Ron DeSantis is one of the main ones. There are other states that are signing laws saying, no, this is crazy in 2021. We cannot have a male who thinks he's a female just, just identifies. No scientific evidence, no anything. Just says, hey, I believe I'm a female. So I want to participate on the girls' sports teams. Now, I played sports all the way up. And I do... Th- I, it wouldn't have never crossed my mind to want to com- compete against the girls' basketball team. I mean, I, 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 I don't understand that. I'm not... I don't hate any of those individuals... But there's some things where you got to kind of draw the line and say, hey, in our society, we can't do this. Well, you understand what's going on in the United States. So imagine if a, a world governing leader came in and said, hey, we're going to give everybody in the United States a number. We're going to economically sanction them using that number to get them to bow down to the edicts or pledge allegiance to me, the world governing leader. Well, imagine what would happen here in the United States. Especially now, if you've got... A, an international, a liberal internationalist, a globalist, as the president, he may try to say, you know, okay. But that's why it's important. It's becoming very important right now to make sure you vote in the right governor. Now, obviously, we can't discount the God factor in all of this. That's the number one thing. God's in control of everything. He knows how all this is going to play out. But I'm looking at the government and how all this is, how everything's set up. There are governors that are protecting their states against the president, the, the administration that's in there right now. We're seeing that happening in 2021. So it, it, does your vote count? Absolutely. You got to get the right guy in there. I mean, because Governor Abbott here in Texas, he's looking to build the wall to protect the southern border, which is the job of the federal government. They should be doing that, but Texas is having to do it. So we'll see how it all plays out for the summer. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.